Welcome to Central High, where the rich kids really get away with murder. This year, the in crowd has a real problem, because this year, there's a new kid, and he doesn't like to be pushed around. He lives by the golden rule, do unto others, and make it permanent. You've got three minutes. Welcome to Central High. You're just in time for a massacre. Massacre at Central High, rated R. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. Sounds like some bad movie. Oh yeah. Crossroads of your life. You're at the crossroads of your life. Oof. The crossroads of your life. A runner chasing dreams that could come true. Fuck. Ah. <laughs> Welcome to the movie Sucktastic. Yeah. That's gonna, all I got to say. I'm gonna admit something to you right now. Mm-hmm. I can't wait till we get out of the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of seventies in this film. Oh boy, and and we're we're heading up towards the eighties. See what we're what we're dealing with now. I think moving forward, um, are a lot of movies that yeah that yeah are that act, move, and sound like TV movies, after school specials, things of that nature. We're heading. We're 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 like. We're we're in that direction. But now, to be fair, it, it's kind of intended in that way when you consider that it's a movie about. By the way, uh, <laughs> here on Movie Sugtastic, I'm Scott. That's Joey, and we are reviewing Massacre at Central High, which was released in 1976, which is the year we're currently stuck in. Yeah, sorry, I jumped right into it. <laughs> That's okay. I just wanted to get that out there. Uh, so, Massacre at Central High is this. Um, uh, now, I, I, I want to preface everything by saying uh, what we're watching here is, a, is like a typical slasher film, right? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, tame except, by those standards, but it is. Right, except, the, the uh, uh, and I don't have the book in front of me. I, ha- I have a, re- a book about um, horror films, <clears throat> one of several, really. Hmm. And the, the author pointed it out that the only two films to precede Halloween, which is kind of known as the standard bearer, for slasher films. Right. The only two films to precede that that fit the formula of the slasher film in some way are Black Christmas and Massacre at Central High. Okay. 
So uh, it, it, Massacre at Central High is pro is technically one of the first slasher films to come out. Not the one to popularize it, but one that jumped on it just as soon, uh, you know, just in the right right time. Right. Uh, and Halloween was uh, 78. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as, All right. As far as a as far as a film that is in that uh, the, like genre of like slasher, um, uh -huh. you know, uh, violent. The, this is very tame on both fronts. Yeah, um, I would yes. say that it has more nudity than it does uh, mm. shocking violence. Well, let's explain why. <laughs> uh, our, the writer director of the film is uh, Rene, and that's like the European Rene, Rene, uh, Rene uh, Dalder. Mm -hmm. You know, you got, you got the the, the little uh, the dad. little accent over there. Yeah, the accent, which is actually the mustache, is being pinched when you say it. Rene, oh. as it comes out. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> French bread. Uh, and he, he, this is his first American film. He's from uh, France. Uh, he's like Scandinavian oh. or something. One of the really, really, really white countries. Ah, yes. And, and uh, he was he got this is his first American gig, and he got it because he was recommended the job by Russ Meyer. Oh wow! Okay. All right. So super vixens himself. Yeah, that's right. And so whoever was pitching to Russ Meyer, pitching to him too, you're like, well, okay, what's the, <laughs> there's got to be a common interest here, which of course is that they're just looking for movie fodder to, to put in screens. Uh, this is also, I think, the the first film since Texas Chainsaw Massacre to have Massacre in the title. Right. Okay. And this makes sense because I listened to some of the audio commentary with the director, and he said that he got when he got the job, they came to him, and this is right out of our audio commentary for um, um, uh, my favorite my favorite vampire vamp. Oh, okay. It's it's like right out of there. The same thing happened there. They 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 came up the Dalder and said, okay, we have a title, Massacre at Central High, and we need nine deaths in it. Can you do it? And he said, okay. <laughs> sure. And so that's it. And so and so one of the so that's why um, the killing is different is interesting and and you, you can be sure that they also made sure that there was a lot of nudity in there too because this is one of those it, it's it's pure exploitation cinema in the seventies. Here's a title. I got a poster. I need I need a script in a month, you know, or a week, and they crank it out. In this case, it was the writer and director, so you got something a bit more cohesive, which I, which is what I think what makes it a more interesting film. Not to get ahead of ourselves, right? Yeah, no. Um, I, I'm sorry. I was just looking at the uh, the slide of uh, Robert Carradine going, man, to sit around here is a real bummer. <laughs> <laughs> I love Robert Carradine in this. He, he doesn't have like a very large uh, role in this film, but no. the, the small the small scenes that he's in, it's like, hey, man, there's going to be some heavy changes around here. <laughs> Well, he he wanted he wanted one of the lead roles. I think he wanted uh, um, what, what David, who's the bad guy? David, uh, yeah. or the hero in, in, in my case. Right. Well, he's a Carradine, so I'm sure he tried right. to get that done, and they didn't care. So, oh, you know what's funny is that um, uh, Jan Michael Vincent was actually liked. They wanted Jan Michael Vincent for uh, I think Mark or um, or David. Bruce. Oh, Bruce, really? Yeah, I think it was Margaret Bruce, and he didn't get the role. But um, I, I think the guy who plays Mark was actually uh, was it him was in Ten to Midnight, and that's the character. And that was the character I kept mistaking for Jan Michael Vincent. Right, right, yes, so he was also in um, 
if we were going on challenges, if we were going with the old format of the show, I would either be challenging you to 10 to midnight or I would be challenging you to... Um, Revenge of the Nerds. No, no. The other film that he was in, uh, the one with the Kirk, uh, Kirk Douglas uh, with the telekinesis and he, he was trying oh, to the find... Fury. His, the Fury. The yes, Fury. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, that's a challenge that's coming. That's happening. See, that, it, <laughs> I mean, hit, hit, I mean, I think that movie came out in like 1981, so that's absolutely happening. I, I made Holly watch this. So, um, like, uh, there's a lot of people in this film where you're watching, you go, oh, I've, I know I've seen him in a couple things. I've seen him and stuff. Like uh, Andrew Stevens, who plays Mark, I, I, I never, I didn't clue into the fact that he was in the film we just mentioned. Oh, The Fury. Yeah, the yeah. fury. But then once I was like, I said, "Oh, damn! That's why I recognized his face." Yep. You know? Yeah, I actually uh, recognized him more from the fury than Ten to Midnight. I was just like immediately, I was like, "Oh, that's the the Kirk Douglas's son in the fury, the one that Kirk Douglas goes the entire film trying to get back." But so uh, you you, you want to give a, a synopsis of the film? You want to start at the beginning? So yeah, so but, but, but don't well, start at the opening credits because there's spoilers in the opening credits. Correct. Yes. Oh, and the thirty second the thirty second TV spot shows the ending. It's like this is nineteen seventy six. You were pulling this shit forty five years ago. Holy the god! Opening, the opening credits show the show the ending. Joe. That, that, uh, that is true. That how, is that how is funny true. Is this? I haven't seen this film since I saw it when I was a kid. So I've we're never, talking. I've never maybe seen 30, it. Thirty years since I've seen this film. Wow. And and I, so I'm watching with Holly, and the first thing comes up, and I'm like, oh wait, hold on. These are spoilers. We can't watch this. <laughs> what do you mean? And and it, uh, it also means you're able to fast forward past. You're at the crossroads of your life. The crossroads. I'm gonna. You can stop me at any time. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, because uh, what the fuck? <laughs> that was the first thing that that drew Holly's ire. She's what what is going on with this soundtrack? Awful. And it's not just the opening too. There's like parts in this film. So why? What is this? What are we doing? And it it, it made me feel so much better when I read that the director uh, also hates the soundtrack. He as he should. It's a terrible he soundtrack. It. Apparently, he didn't watch the whole thing for like a, a decade or two because of how much he hated the soundtrack when he first saw the opening. Good, I'm with him. Oh no, it's, it's a horrible, <laughs> horrible. soundtrack. It's absolutely uh, score, horrible. Score. Score. Oh sure, there are songs in there, so there is a soundtrack to the film as well. So, uh, so anyway, uh, uh, Mark uh, and David. David comes into town. Mark has been in town for a little while, but what you get is that Mark and David were best friends from the town that they were in previously. Mark was able to escape, quote unquote, escape, move to this ritzy town where him and his friends pretty much rule the school. And David comes into town, and Mark wants to, you know, have him uh, be welcome and wants him to join his little uh, band of, of, of friends running the school. And, of course, that doesn't go over well with David because it's not how he does things, so to say. Right. Um, and it just kind of sets up this David's divide. Well, it's, yeah. It, it, it sets up this divide. Of this is how we do things here, and this isn't how it used to be, and you should adapt. And of course, uh, uh, David is essentially the Christian Slater character in Heather's. Damn it! 
because I, I was going to I was going to continue for you and say and David of course uh, the, the this click that hates them they're all named Heather and they, they really don't like them and <laughs> but you ruined my segue. I'm sorry. Damn it! But yeah, so, I mean this this film has been uh, out. Uh, the director in the audio commentary said that the makers of Heather's have been open about it being a remake of this or or have having borrowed from this. Sure, it's a heavily influenced. Uh, uh, Myself, having movie. listened to the audio commentary of the entire Heather's film with the writer director, uh, both talking, I didn't hear jack shit on that audio commentary about that. <laughs> so maybe that's what they're saying to his face. Uh, and and apparently, uh, critics uh, vastly uh, have pointed out the connection between Heather's and this. Oh uh, yeah. When reviewing Heather's, uh, uh, Siskel, uh, no uh, Ebert, Ebert. Uh, uh, what was the funny thing I read about him is that he actually loved. Um, he he lo- loved uh, Massacre at Central High. He was like what the only critic that really gave it a good review when it came out. Really. Then when Heather's came out, he never ma- mentioned the connection. If, if he meant, if he knew it, he never mentioned the connection between the two, and he, he didn't like Heather's. He, he said he gave like two stars, of course, two and a half. So I find that interesting. He, and it, it's it's there's you don't the, the 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 bulk of the connection is really in the third act, but it's all throughout the film, the whole concept. But yeah, uh, it, it's uh, the 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 Heather click in Massacre of Central High is these. Is, is really just tall, handsome men in sweaters. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, it's always sweater weather in California. I thought it was like the sun, hey. land of sunshine, but no. It, it's, well, it's, if it's more central northern Cali, then uh, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna end up with uh, oh, more gonna, sweater wear. You're gonna see every type of sweater ever made. You're gonna see turtlenecks. You're gonna see V-necks. You're gonna see crewnecks. You're gonna see uh, sweater vests. The 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 lead actress. I'm almost. I'm 100% convinced that she's wearing a sweater over a sweater in her first scene. <laughs> That's probably uh, to hide how voluptuous she is, as Russ Meyer would say. It, it also makes me wonder if the the Slavic. Uh, I, like again, he's he's like Slavic or Norwegian or something like that. But he comes from a cold ice country with white people, pale white people. <laughs> I'm wondering if he was talking to the the, the wardrobe area or the uh, casting people about that as I well. I said, it, oh you, no, you, you know. never know. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> Just say no, no. Make sure they're wearing sweaters. Trust me. Trust me. Trust it, it, me. What they do. Well, and also I'm going to mention. We, quickly no actually i won't mention it yet because i'm cutting you off keep please continue sir so um there that essentially uh this group david's or uh, i should say uh, mark's group you know they're running the school they're all assholes they're all mark's mark's a fucking idiot by the way uh yes he is sorry just had to throw that out there yeah so they're they you know they rule the school but they even though they're assholes the school is in line. Uh, it's it's unfortunate. So, so you're saying is, yeah, they're kind of tough, but the trains are running on time. Yeah. 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 See, and, well, and that's what I like about it's one of the things I like about Massacre Central High is that it's not just a straight slasher film. It's actually like like it's it's a um, polemic against fascism. Uh, yeah, you know what? That's actually a very good point. Um, so what ends up happening is they're trying to, or Mark is really pushing to to get David in this group. You know, he 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 loves him. 
He remembers him fondly when they were growing up. And he really wants him to be a part of this group. And David is just, he doesn't want any part of it. And one thing leads to another. And they end up attacking David and putting him in the hospital where they allude to the fact that he loses a leg. But I guess they didn't have the budget to kind of try and show that. Well, why, well, they mean, drop a whole car on his leg, like without yeah. the wheel. So it's it's like the entire, uh, the wheel well. The uh, I got a nice shot of that for the for the slide. Yeah, show. I saw it. It's it's pretty dramatic. Yeah, so um, that, that's one of those scenes I remember from my childhood when I watched the film once. I mean, I have a great memory for movies. I will. I got to say. Yeah. Except for Megaforce, I don't know how that slipped until Chris <laughs> Walner mentioned it. That's, that still scares me to this day. How how easily I forgot Megaforce. <laughs> It's you know, no one's gonna because hold no one's gonna hold that against you. I, I will. Okay. Trust me, I will. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? Uh, we were talking about the the car uh, dropping on his leg, and you had a good shot of it. Oh yeah, I mean that was those pivotal scenes. I remember from my childhood. I remembered the uh, the pool. I remembered the car. I remembered all the kills except for the uh, the tent one later. And okay. I remembered the ending. I just didn't remember like the dialogue and stuff. So you know, my, in my memory, I never re- remembered it being such a um, uh, political film in some regard. Right. You know, there being a meaning behind it. But here's a question for you, Joey. Yeah. How far into was? How far into into the film were you when you realized that you hadn't seen an adult anywhere? Uh, <laughs> um. <clears throat> It's a good question. I think the first time I noticed it was maybe halfway through the film. <laughs> Which halfway part are we talking about? Uh, I think I noticed a, a, a teacher through the halls, actually. No. No? No. Then... No. There are no adults in this film until the end scene, the dance, the... the uh, Oh, the the the, the, the part the, the, the alumni dance. Uh, I guess I guess maybe my brain just put an adult in there at some point, but technically, you could say we. It's not that we don't see any adults; is that we don't see any non-students in the film at all because that's an alumni dance. So technically, they're they're former students at that alumni dance. So the whole film, we we the whole film takes place in a universe where like only this student body exists it's, it's, so you know that's why it's, it, it makes more sense as an allegory or a or you know whatever you want to call it sure and this is what happens when an american pr- producer asks a european director to make him an exploitation film <laughs> it's like oh you'll get your death and and uh like the, the the first two things he told the guys i don't want any adults in the movie and i don't want any guns he's gonna kill everybody with gravity <laughs> And they said yes, because I guess things were easier back then. You know, also in this 30-second TV spot, I think they show five of the five of the kills. Yeah, I, It's like it's a 30-second spot, and they pretty much show half the movie. It's, it's possible that I only saw the commercial that far back. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I saw the whole film. So uh, also another thing is uh, the, the main love interest, um, uh, what's-her-face? She, uh, she was uh, Mark's Teresa. girl. Yes, Teresa. Kimberly Beck is her real name. So now, she... This is a very feminist film, really, because she is the strongest character in the movie. Yeah. Even though she's completely dull and bland. Uh, really, 
outside of like uh, um, David Morey, who played David and Carradine, really there are no good actors in this film. No, they're terrible. No, horrible. So it's uh, so there. There's a scene. This is before they they take his leg. Um, it's in school, and again, you're right. No teachers, like no adults anywhere. Like th- there's three guys trying to rape two girls. Oh. Yeah. But hold on, hold on. Hold so, on. so don't, 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 don't go right into that. What? Because I, I just got to tell you, no. I mean, before I'll, I'll let you go, but before you get to that, yeah. I, Holly and I, like again, I mean, Holly watched with me, so we're like we're watching all these these bullies do stupid shit, like you know, oh, I'm gonna mess up your car, oh, I'm gonna dump books on you, and then all of a sudden, both of us, almost at the same time, we're raping now. We're 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 on to we're, rape. We're we're really right right back to rape. It's like it's like oh okay no, and and then it's like yeah okay things just really got serious. Yeah, this, that's where that's where the whole fascism thing really digs in. It's like yeah no, this wasn't just about bullies. Yeah, no. Up to that point, you can like, oh, it's just about you know kids and adults. No, we're in a rape now. This this, this is definitely an adult subject matter. <laughs> so Mark basically tells Teresa that his friends are with two girls and they're gonna get it on, and she's like, well, are you? Sh-? It's like it doesn't because, sound like they were into it. Well, Mark's telling Teresa because Mark was too much of a chicken shit coward to go with them. And then he was too much of a chicken shit coward to stop them. That's correct. And, and, and then only pouting because he doesn't feel good about it and his girlfriend's giving him shit. Does he like just petulantly tell, oh, yeah, well, you know, well, your girlfriends or your friends are getting raped, by the way. Yeah. Not so bluntly. But, I mean, this guy's just a douche. How, how did David ever hang out David with him? Ever, he probably yeah, protected was, him when they were back in that old place. Well, that's that's probably why Mark person. loves him so much. I mean, that's a backstory that we didn't really get. But I, 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 I get the feeling that Mark was protected by David. Yeah, we, actually, it's in the opening credits. One of the, the only scene in the opening credits that isn't like a, for, a flash forward to a murder or something is a flashback to like a fight in a, like a narrow concrete alleyway or something, almost like a tunnel. And supposedly that whole backstory is that David came across a bunch of guys beating up Mark and not even knowing him, jumped in to protect him. Oh. And that's when they became friends. And that, that that's all the time they gave for that backstory, wasn't that? Wow. <laughs> that little clip. I, I wasn't, I, this, not that I had this on in the background. I was watching it, but I was working while I was watching it. And it no, was just. No, you didn't miss anything that really explained yeah. it. Great well, I, it's interesting that I guessed it and it's, you're probably they, telling they me that I'm right. Yeah. yeah, they allude to it. David says something like lame, like, "Oh, you know, I was I was in trouble once, and he stuck out for me, and he didn't even know me." And that, that's really all you need to know. Yeah. So uh, David gets wind of this, and he goes to help out. Now Teresa has gone into the room and basically has told the two guys, uh, or the three guys trying to rape the two girls, that, well, you know what, you can't get it up while someone else is watching. And then David enters the room, right? And beats uh-huh. the ever-loving shit out of him. Now they go gets his Sorry, licks in on. on him too. But hold on, hold on, hold on. You're you're bypassing one important part. What's David that? only becomes involved because as he's walking down the hall, uh, Bruce throws Teresa out into the hallway, uh, pretty much telling him, "We'd rape you if you weren't Mark's girlfriend." Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, that you're right. You're right. Sorry, I didn't want to miss that part because David didn't wasn't looking for trouble. He's like, da 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 da. Teresa flies through a hallway against lockers. Oh shit! Oh man, there's that girl that I like. So hey. then David enters the room and he and they they you know they 
they fight and beats the shit out of him. They get their licks in on him too, but he breaks up the raping and him and Teresa leave. But the 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 thing that that kills me about the scene is I don't know who wrote the dialogue for her, but she says oh. she says to him she says to him, "You know, while you were in there, I couldn't tell the difference between any of you." And at that moment, I'm just like, well, while I was tr- saving you and your friends from being raped, uh, thank you. You know, you're welcome. Well, so <laughs> just uh, one of I those scenes point- where it's like, why would anyone say that? Well, I will point out again that the, the, the screenplay was written by the director who's and this was his first American film. <laughs> and I, I've read that um, the actors, the young actors did um, feel that the, the dialogue was clunky and some of them would ad lib. Uh, prop, most likely Carradine. Yeah, um, I, Carradine, some heavy Carradine changes are coming, feels man. Kind of like he wrote it himself. Okay. Um, but uh, so, so whenever, yeah, whenever those clunky lines come up, first European director, first time writing an American film, uh, and chooses to do a, a bunch of twenty-year-olds playing teenagers in a high school, uh, you're gonna get some of that dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to stop the raping. I said, "Well, how do we just go to?" I don't, and I, I'm, I'm like, I I remember the, I remember the, the, the van. I remember the hang glider. I remember the pool. I remember the car. I don't remember the rape. <laughs> oh, what? When did this happen? Well, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> it's quite possible I watched this on TV too. No, because I remember seeing the. Well, they didn't I, I actually get raped. <laughs> I might have, I might have seen this on on public television. With, I mean. There, there was a nudity in the scene. Usually during an attempted rape, you usually get a shirt ripped off, and you know I don't remember like, any of the nudity either. So I, most likely, I saw this on, on on public television. Well, the thing is, you cut out the nudity. This is a this is a PG rated film, right? Exactly, and it's filmed that way. Like they, yeah. you know, so it's like okay, so we we definitely have enough for the theaters, but we can sell it to public television too, for like the late night roll because there's nothing nothing you know you can cut out all those scenes, right? It's like when you watch porn and you can tell when they're filming the, the B-roll for the uh, hotel chains. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, all of a sudden I can't see anything for 30 seconds. I wonder why. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a different camera so on the side of the room. So, so I'm told. Yeah, of course. Of course. Right. So um, continuing. Past the rape. Past the raping. Um, so they, they, they meet him at uh, his garage where he's working on a car and they drop the, um, the, the lift right onto his leg passes out immediately in pain in shock uh comes to yeah comes to and they they pretty much tell you he lost his leg so he's got a prosthetic they don't show any of that but but also that he didn't turn anybody in he didn't turn anybody in in. yeah so he's decided to uh uh get revenge instead well well, I'm saying, he, but I mean, well, on the surface, everybody thinks everything is cool because he won't talk to anybody, and he didn't turn anybody in. And when he comes back to school, he just pretty much like just doesn't doesn't react or anything. It's like, yeah, right, hi. And Whatever. then, uh, so nobody knows that he's like on a rampage until like two or three bodies in. Yeah, because uh, they start going going out one by one. So like when the first one goes, it's. Um the guy that actually, the hang glider. yeah, he, this the guy that actually dropped the the car on his leg. Bruce. He Bruce, right? He. Which I'm surprised they took the big guy out first, but I, I guess when you're talking about like like, uh, if you look at the allegory of um, like a dictatorship, and because uh, part of the whole theme with uh, fascism is the idea that violent overthrows don't don't solve anything, 
that you have to work things out amicably, amicably, amicably. Um, yeah. Start not the not the tangent. I apologize. Go ahead. Okay. But I just didn't think they'd do him first. Uh, I'm not surprised at all. It, okay. Yeah. I'm As just, a first time viewer, yeah. A first time what? Oh, I oh mean, yeah. I've never, yeah, I've never seen this in film. My, in my memory, I, I assumed he was like the pool guy. I didn't think he'd be the hang glider. I thought it was going to be like the goofy uh, blonde guy. Right. Well, I mean, they start going one by one. So when the hang glider, uh, Bruce, he dies by hang glider. You know, that's. It's a dangerous. Uh, it's dangerous to do to begin with. So he ends up Even in some. More so when someone clips the lines. Yeah, and he ends up in uh, power lines and gets electrocuted, and dies. Hey. So when it Fuck. happens, they just kind of figure that he fucked up, and it's you know what a rush, man. <laughs> you ever go hang gliding? What a rush, man. And, and if you want to, I don't, I don't agree with it myself particularly, but you could draw the parallel between that and Icarus flying too close to the sun. Sure. But I, I, I don't think that applies in this, in this parallel. No. And, and the thing is, I didn't think hang gliding was that popular in America, maybe in Scandinavia. In I don't. The seventies. Yeah. Mark, Mark and Mindy had a hang glider. Every, every every TV show in the 80s had a hang gliding scene. Hang gliding was the shit in the 80s and 70s. It's one of those things that I just... Maybe I've mentally blocked it out, but I don't even... It's your, ass- it's, it's, it's your Italian heritage. You can't you can't fully grasp the concept of hang gliding. It's, so po- it's, 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 pos- it's, it's possible. It's possible. And I, and, I, and I think it's a positive trait. <laughs> I, I, I'm ashamed that I understand the concept myself. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I've never even had the opportunity to hang glide. No one's ever said, hey, you want to go hang gliding? That, no, that's never happened. Right. It was in Harold and Kumar. That's because it was making fun of just hang gliding in general because all, all those guys were like extreme douchebags. Right, but if, if hang gliding was something that people didn't do anymore, they wouldn't well, I didn't have say it. they didn't do it anymore. I just said I don't even, uh, I don't remember it in the 70s and 80s. I, it I just, think we're it's focusing not, on the wrong part. Probably, here. but it's yes. not something that I, like... You can't remember Megaforce? I don't associate so, hang gliding with anything. That's a different thing. Uh, totally. That's memory versus association. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Me. Stop doing this, Joey. <laughs> Get back to the film, Joey. What was that? I, I, don't, I, I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, next was the... And then the pool guy goes next. Pool guy goes next. I tried uh, to get Perfect timing on the goes, slide. Ah! The perf- perfect timing on the slide. It, that's up on the screen right now. Him jumping and then the pool of blood with around his body, which, uh-huh. by the way, you could Photoshop his face out. It just looks like there's no head because of how weirdly angled his head is under his arm, like the angle of the shot. Oh yeah, it's just yeah. You could easily just take that Photoshop his face off, right. and it'll look like he has no head. Like it was well, like it'll like- look like it, it could look like he's but he's been beheaded. Well, it's like the old cliche. Whenever they show someone that falls from a great height from above, the one leg is always bent at the wrong angle. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, just so you know, this one's like, yeah, just twist the head under the arm, like, like, yeah, like that was a, it do. was a hard fall. <laughs> <clears throat> now, so I don't know how you don't know there isn't water in the pool. I mean, just talking, it would echo, echo. I mean, right. it just. I mean, we're not here to like really. It's it's a bad film from the seventies. Hey, so. No, no adults were involved after the rape sequence. I don't want to talk about logic here. This is not a real film. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, this is a fantasy. This is a Scandinavian fantasy in slasher guise. Right, that's all it is. <clears throat> so, um, 
things start falling apart, the the uh, the remaining two uh, douchebags, uh, Mark and what was the blonde the, the, super? Oh yeah, the one that ended up <clears throat> was that Rodney? Uh, I think that was Rodney. Craig is the one that died in the swimming pool. Yeah, it's Rodney. Craig, yeah. So um, Rodney's the last one left, and no one's listening to him because he's too goofy. So um, David kills him in his own van. Just rolls again with gravity. So the first three kills are gravity. Which is interesting because the weight of the vehicle falls on him, gravity. So right. I guess the connection is that, if you're going to make one. It, the, the, the van rolled down a hill. That's gravity. No, I know, but when he lost his leg, it was because the car... Oh, no, that was... Oh, yeah, that's included that, in the whole gravity thing. Yeah, yeah. the car dropped on his leg. Yes, you are correct. I, I thought you were still talking about... No, 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 no. I was talking about how his, him losing his leg was due to gravity. See, see the whole gravity thing. I love the whole gravity theory, and it's not just a theory. The director has said that's how I sold the, you know, that's how I sold the idea. I wanted to do this where he doesn't kill people with a knife or a gun. Uh, but the, and I love the gravity thing. But the gravity thing whole, falls apart when things start started fucking exploding. Yeah, yeah, which which happens in the third act. Uh, no. Yeah. Is that, is that third act? It's like the last twenty minutes, half hour. Okay, third act. You're right. Sorry, yeah. you're you're right. Third act. My bad. I mean, it takes a while no, 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 to get to the correct. killing. You are one hundred percent correct. Uh, so, but what happens is now the first the first parallel with the Heather's is obviously the whole thing with the click, uh, running things, and then the guy systematically killing them off. The second similarity to Heather's is the fact that once you remove the bad guys, or in the case of the Heather's, the uh, the lead Heather, the other Heather. Raised, rises the power, and this and this is the kind of Animal Farm story going on here, where once, once David removes these fascist dictators, the people that were being picked on, they take place of the right. fascist dictators and become fascists themselves. And they're just as bad, if not maybe even right. worse. Which is why it's, it's a whole polemic about um, uh, um, violent overthrow of government. The French did it; didn't help. It's not a, it's not a not a good idea. Um, so then round two of the killings, but then he pulls like a, a godfather, uh, they'll all die at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't hard or hard because they were all in the same building. So it's not that grand of a scope. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, um, he's just, all the guys that tried to step in, they just blows up, blows them up, blows up his head, blows up his locker, which, one, uh, one by one. The, all right. Can we rewind a bit? Sure. Fucking, fucking. Uh, I don't know what, what his name was. The the fat kid. The fat kid. Um. Maybe that was Rodney. I don't know. No, don't no, know. no, 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 no. But it, remember it, when? So the, the first time he's in, the, he's in the gym and they're making him climb the rope. Mm-hmm. And like with a knife and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, know, you know, fat kid, get up there. I'm like, that's the fat kid. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, I paused that. I I paused that for Holly. I said, that's their fat kid. And I looked further into it. That actor gained thirty pounds for that role because <laughs> apparently they couldn't find a fat actor acting better than that guy. Oh my god! <laughs> As a fat high school student, I object on every level of this character's existence, from the beginning where he's actually considered a fat person, up through the point to where he's still not a fat person, but he's a be- he, but he's actually bullying people by stomach bumping them. 
Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. Only, it just come only on. Only a fucking Swede that hasn't seen a fat person in fifty years would write that scene. <laughs> God damn him to hell. How much do you weigh? Uh, I'm six one, uh, 180 pounds. All right, you need to gain uh, you know, thirty pounds. Oh uh, yes, uh, I, yes, you're fat now. Yes, <laughs> it's like what? What the fuck, okay. man? Ow. Oh. Also, I, as a, a fat kid growing up in high school that was made to do things like climb rope, and it was like, yeah, fuck that. And then, of course, when they're... they're, they're, they're well, dude, beyond that, that's what they're calling the fat kid. No, I know. And they're, be, they're beating him up, and, and uh, you know, they're, they're making him go up this rope, and then he, he goes up higher than he's ever gone before. Oh, and, of and, course, once he becomes, like, a bully, right? he's a fat kid, so, of course... He has to have bad hair and wear a bad polo shirt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck you so much. Fuck you so much, Phil. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Even if both of those things are true. Still, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so all the, the, the... I shit you not. I shit you not. I have a high school photo that I just described with those that description. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. High school? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, probably high yeah. school, yeah. Right. No, um, middle school, yeah. Anyway. One of the two, they're within three years of, of each other. <laughs> two years of each other. I might have hit both. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. And at the right time, it's only a few months of each other. Ending eighth grade, beginning ninth grade. Uh, so anyway, so the bullies, uh, you know, uh, Mark's gang of guys, you know, they go into the locker room. They're like, hey, did you see the fat kid? This is the highest he's ever gone. You know, it's like almost to the point of where it's like, do you see what we did? Yeah, we were hard on him, but he still went up higher than he's ever gone before well, because well, again, of how hard we were on him. And that, that's where it makes more sense when you consider it being an allegory of fascism, a fascist state. So the, the government's telling you that, you know, everything we're doing is for your good. Well, you know, and, right. and that, it's that kind of mind that like gaslighting bullshit. You sure. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, uh, the film does make a lot more sense. <laughs> when you consider that because if you don't it's just a bad slasher film yeah oh yeah all right so and so after he kills off all the uh and then he kills off the last batch uh spoonie uh Carradine in his is his uh harem yeah uh he frames them for all the other murders by blowing up uh having them die by an avalanche like oh yeah they they well he leaves all of the dynamite and the explosives at their campsite and the girl and then, finds it and Carradine's like oh let's just go back in the tent and fuck you know, and let's just go do that instead. He didn't say that, but that's no, that's what not what he said. Blocks. But he looked at, it, he's like, "Oh, stick a dynamite." No, that's what he did, yeah. That's and he just throws it. He goes, "Oh, fuck that shit." Let's just go back to the tent. Like, you know, what's weird? He just it's... went back with them, and they're all naked. So, I I I, re I watched the film twice before we reviewed it to show you know the show tonight, and the I swear I watched the second time when they. When uh, they, he uses the, uh, he blows up the rocks and they crush the tent and kills Spoonie and the girls. Right. I'm watching it the second time. It's like, where's the scene where they show the bodies? I could have sworn they showed the bodies. And I went back and forth twice. It's not there. Says, how how do I remember something I I just saw two days ago? How how am I like not remembering this correctly? You, are you maybe associating? Are you associating maybe just them inside the tent before everything fell? No, no, because this was like bloody and death, and that's not that's that's not my that's not my bag, baby. Uh, maybe you're watching something else. I, I you know, it, it very well could be. Yeah. But uh, it just freaked me out. I was like, I, I, I just thought, like, oh, I must have glanced away and missed it, because oh, I'm doing the screenshots through the slides. 
right. but I couldn't find it. I was like, motherfuck, did I imagine that in two days? So, uh, uh, sounds, a little weird aside. It sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so after that scene, Mark and, and Teresa, they're in the car, and they're just going back and forth saying they know that David is doing all of this and that Mark said that he still can't turn him in, uh, probably because of their childhood, and that he's going to go talk to him. Teresa wants to come, but he doesn't let her. He leaves her in the car. <laughs> and uh, he goes in, and he confronts him. and David with a gun. Ba- with a gun, and David basically tells him that, uh, you know, go ahead, go ahead and kill me, otherwise I'm going to go, you know, blow up the school. But Joey... What is he wearing? What is David wearing? He is he wearing a trench coat. A trench coat? Just, just like, like Christian Slater in Heathers. Absolutely. Uh, that's weird. <laughs> what a yeah. weird coincidence. A huge coincidence. When, the second I saw it, I'm like, oh, Christian Slater, Heathers. He wears a trench coat the whole movie. That's uh, kind of become I, I, synonymous with like the loner kid, the, the trench coat. I do love. I mean, I do love the scene where she comes to visit them alone, and she's like, "I know you're killing everybody. Just please don't kill Mark." And he's like, "Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I can do that." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it when she tells Mark that she was like, "You know, we went skinny dipping, and I wanted to make love, and he didn't. He loves you." Oh. And then it's like, wait, what? You were gonna no, fucking you know- cheat on me? He doesn't even say anything about it. He's just like, oh, just kind of takes it. She basically admits that she was going to cheat on him, no hesitation, but his best friend, David, didn't want to, and that he should, you know, give David a chance. I I was just as shocked as Mark was when I saw David and Teresa running around naked, full frontal, in, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the water. Pendulous. The yeah, pendulous. pendulous uh, I was like, what the fuck is going oh 70s exploitation that's right okay. yes european director <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah pendulous <laughs> <laughs> well not again not just european but also 70s exploitation of course of course and i challenge this to you so you have a challenge for me tonight i do yes i'm looking forward to oh this it's a, it's it's a it's well this is what i'll tell you i'll give you a, a hint no um, no 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 stop well, no, I'm not gonna. I'm only gonna tell no, you no, the. We're jo- almost done with the review. Okay. Stop. All right. All right. It's all my right. fault for bringing it up. I'm it sorry. is your fault for bringing I'm it up. Sorry. That's why I apologize. Okay. So yeah, David has his big hurrah. He's gonna blow up the the high school, which actually the high school in reality, the the outside that they use is the Carnegie Building. It looks like it. You know what? It looked like a Carnegie Building because I have a couple of libraries, uh, uh, that that, that are ca- I- that are Carnegie buildings, yeah, and it looks cool. a lot like that. Holly and I were talking about it after the first couple establishing shots. That's not a school. This is like a library or a government building. Or, but then, but then at the end when they're having the uh, when they're having the alumni dance, right? And they show the outside. Holly said it looks just like Home Alone, like the fake figures <laughs> yeah. dancing in front of the windows. Yeah. It, it's so poorly like, D- like yeah. we have we have to convince them there's a party inside. Put shadows against the windows. <laughs> Keep the change, you filthy animal. That's right. Uh, so uh so now that david and uh is is going to blow up the school mark and teresa are he locks them in probably the most poorly uh wooden door shed 
ever garage. And it's just like, they're there. It, it, he, he makes it all the way to the school. So you know they're in there for at least 10 or 15 minutes. Well, if you, if you consider that he also got his leg crushed while under a car, levers aren't his best friend. D- explosions? Gravity? Yes. Levers? Yeah. It's a weakness. Yeah. So, but then Mark is like, he's like, all right, I'm going to break us out of this thing. And he kicks it like three times and it opens right up. And it's like, yeah. you've obviously spent more time than you needed to in this shed garage yeah, whatever fair, it was and he gets a crowbar fair. and doesn't do anything then he kicks it twice and it opens up yeah and let's be fair mark is a colossal pussy yeah uh he is absolutely Man. yes even after even after he finds his girlfriend like oh, like gallivanting in the dark fully naked in the water he goes back up he's like yeah he said he wasn't interested but go easy on him man come on He's like he did like I expected him like yeah he's not gonna work out take him instead he's like oh you know he's still my friend so he's like he's this weasley little fu-. even at the end he has nothing to do with the resolution no nothing nothing at all and he gets there's the... no point in this film that and this is this is a, this is a role that people were fighting for yeah. you know Jan Michael Vincent wanted that either this role or Bruce I hope it was Bruce because this role sucks it's a bad <laughs> character uh so. So then, uh, no, it's okay. Then David is at the the dance, and then Teresa and David, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Teresa and Mark show up, and he basically tells him, he goes, listen, you got three and a half minutes, and then this place is going to blow the fuck up. Then he walks off scene, and she goes to Mark, and she's like, well, let's dance, meaning if I stay here, I'm going to die, and he's in love with me, so you know he's not going to blow me up. I'm confident of that. Then right. David comes back into the scene and he's like, uh, listen, <laughs> you've got three and a half minutes. And she's like, I know. It's like she's calling his bluff. So then he starts running towards where he's got the bomb. He's like hightailing it. And it's in the basement, just like they did in Heather's. Right. Uh, and oh, it's and it's I, even like around like the boiler area, just like they did in Heather's. Yes, yeah, the boiler room. Yeah. yeah. Exactly like it. Uh, now, before we get to that bomb, I have one thing about the bomb. But uh, when when so the whole thing with Teresa when she's like I'm gonna I'm, we're gonna dance where I'm gonna throw, she's she's like throwing herself on the grenade so to speak. She's like I'm gonna yeah. save these people. And to me, all I can think of is like if you take Teresa and Mark, it's like Tiananmen Square. If Teresa was the person in front of the, the tanks with the shopping bags, right. And Mark was like a box of macaroni in one of those shopping bags. <laughs> That's about as pivotal to the story as he is. Yeah, this is true. He yeah, really that, adds nothing to... Teresa. He really adds nothing to almost every scene that he's in. Yeah, and it's intentional. That's not like this is like like a, a weakness in the film. The, the, she's the strong female. The, the only weakness is that she's not a better actress, and I'm not trying to be mean. Right, but, no. You know, hey. Maybe she got better. I mean, you know, she's, old. she's only in high school. Come on. Yeah, uh, true. Very true. So then David... uh, She's she's in her 20s, obviously. 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 She's she's probably in her early 70s at this point. Um, Patronize me. Hey, what are you going to do? So anyway... Oh, I love it. There's a picture of all the presidents, and it's just like it's uh, Lyndon B. Johnson, JFK, Nixon, Ford. (laughs) It's just right in the corner. And it's just like... There's like... It's just uh, whatever. Um, so anyway, so then so the bomb so, in the basement. So David goes to run to go get the bomb, and 
he he like he's like all right i can't let teresa die that's basically he doesn't say that but you know that's his intention exactly he doesn't give a shit about anybody else so he's hightailing it out of there now to get it out of the building and what i don't what i don't understand i understand what the intention was but once he made it out the front door why didn't he just throw the fucking thing that's the wrong question because he made it halfway down the street almost dude i'm so disappointed in you that's not the question oh why didn't he throw it in no he built the thing why didn't he just disable it he could have disarmed that uh, well, he that yeah, no, th- yeah, that is that is true. That is also true. Like, well, shit, it doesn't happen if I pull the fuse out of this. We're we're done. <laughs> the the Heather's ending makes a bit more sense into why he blows up at the end, but it's still ripped off from this film. Of course, absolutely. Uh, as far as like defusing the bomb, uh, I get why it, that wasn't done. It's just it's the same way yeah. where Harold and Kumar are going to White Castle. And they're going down to Cherry Hill. They literally have to, because it's a New Jersey film, they literally have to drive by two White Castles that were actually years around and available when that movie was made. Had they driven to the one in Woodbridge, which is the one they would have driven by an hour before they hit Cherry Hill, there'd be no movie. Same thing with this. The analogy I'm going with is if he just diffused it, there would be there would be no tension, no, no. nothing. So no, I'm, I'm him trying really, to get I'm it out not... of the school is why he couldn't just quote unquote well, defuse it. This this is where criticism falls flat sometimes. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. I, I, if if I went to the director right now and asked how come he just didn't defuse the bomb, the director would say because if he, if he defused the bomb, he would not be able to run outside and blow up explosion. <laughs> Explosions. And that's, that's, that's the closest I'm going to get to doing an accent right now. <laughs> yeah. Get, get the drip. Yeah, a couple more drinks yeah. and we could try it again. It's like, oh, oh, so of course Clint Eastwood found one open parking spot in New York City. Oh, you want to want to spend five minutes watching him circle the block? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there, there's a line. There's a limit. There's a limit to where, like, you know, you, you can criticize it, but we know why they did it. Of course. Uh, I think it has to be said, but we, yeah, I understand. We want to see him blow up outside. I'm with you. Yeah. And, and she is, uh, this is why David is the hero of the film. Because at the end, they make sure to go out of their way to have Teresa. Ter- Mark's not telling Teresa. Teresa's telling Mark, "Say we're gonna lie and say that he was trying to save people, and that and that the people he framed were are still considered the killers." Right. It's we're like gonna they protect- planted one more bomb, and he found it, and he saved everyone. Right. Then we're gonna we're gonna protect him and make him a hero, even though he killed all of our friends. <laughs> yeah. That's why David is the hero of the film. Because I think even deep down, he was like, yeah, hey, he killed all the fascists, so it was bad, but they were fascists. Yeah, they were assholes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but what, was, what I like about the scene after he's basically outside and he's a charred, flaming mess, there's like nothing left of him. Uh-huh. Uh, all the adults and everything, they come out like with the kids and they're like, oh, man, it's just a little fire. It's all right. Alumni. It's all right. Alumni. Actually, the first the first non students we see are the police that show up. Speaking of alumni, I've been getting a lot of emails from uh, our high school about how uh, I'm past due on my alumni uh, association fees or some shit like that. And I'm and it's legitimate. They want me to pay these fees so that they could have some sort of a reunion at some point. Oh, oh. 
And I'm like, I'm not giving you a fucking red cent, and I'm not going to the reunion, so you better not. I, I, I need to get my. I need. I don't even know how they got my email address. To be completely Facebook. honest, I don't have my email address on Facebook. They got it somewhere. I, I'm gonna I'll remove my address. I know that, or block them. I still get Live Journal uh, alerts oh. for your for your birthday. Really? Yeah, I don't even know like how to go to Live Journal at this point. I I actually did go to Live Journal and I recovered a a password. It was like ten passwords ago, and I was able to log in because there was. I remember a time where I don't remember what what Mayor did. She did something where. Oh, okay. I guess I got back now to the films. I think we should stop. What I was just gonna say, she she did something where I made a a post. So something along the lines of like, would someone tell Mayor, you know, you know, uh, maybe we should just, do such and such, and everyone jumped down my throat. I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to steer us back to the film as as a good co-host. That's all I'm trying to do. Okay, don't worry, I'm not going to do anything bad. And again, it's, it's, again, it's my fault. I'm not <laughs> saying anything bad. All right, so anyway, where was I? See, we're at the end of the film. Yes, I know. Oh, when they come outside and it's just uh, uh, just some fi- it's just some fireman. Let's go back yeah. inside and do- let's do some more dancing. Yeah. <laughs> when he said that, it was all voiceover work, but it was like somebody added that in- on purpose because there's sure. no dialogue here. But somebody wrote that. It's just a f- small fireman. Let's go back inside and just do some more dancing. It's like, ugh. Ugh. again, yeah, the film's got some missteps. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's the movie. That's the movie. I, I think if but, it weren't if it wasn't for the fact that Heather's ripped it off, and then when I, the audio commentary, they never mentioned the fact they ripped off Heather's. Right. I probably wouldn't remember this film as much as I do. Yeah. But but that did piss me off when that finally happened. Also, they they sounded like complete idiots on the entire audio commentary. It's like, oh, I, I I was looking up to these people, and they're like, oh, everything that's smart about this film was a mistake. Oh shit. So this film has actually been reviewed pretty well. It's a uh-huh. 6.1 on IMDb, and I want to say it's like 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. The viewer score is a lot lower. It's like in the 50 percentile. Right. But critics, for the most part, fit, you know, gave this a favorable review. I, it's a 6.1 on IMDb. All right, here, here's here's what I'm going to say. On face value alone, just watching the film, just as a viewer, I would say six. Okay. The only reason I want to give it seven is when you consider that this film was like a precursor to the slasher films of the time and that it did tackle it in a unique way that most slasher films didn't for decades after. I think it really earns the credit just for those two two facts. This is where I wish we could give half points because I, would I, would, I wouldn't hesitate to give this a six and a half. I wouldn't. How about this? Seven, se- seven seems a little high to me. We've reviewed some Oscar nominations that have gotten a seven. Um, seven is when you start heading into this is a really good film territory. Maybe, maybe this will change your mind. You know who else ripped off this film? Who? Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> Having a cheesy light song over a disastrous movie? <laughs> I mean, I guess so. The only reason I can't remember this song uh, is that every time I think of the song from this film, 
I eventually think of uh, There's Gotta Be a Morning After, and then I get stuck on There's Gotta Be a Morning After, and I can't remember this song again. Ah, I see. See, so that's I, I feel like Poseidon Adventures, like, yeah, that Massacre film, they had it, they had the idea with the soundtrack. They knew what they were doing. Let's get some light, breezy shit in here in this action film. Ay, ay, ay. I so, know. So what are we thinking? I, I, what, I, what, I, what's your I, gut I instinct? Like seven, but I'm not going to argue it. Well, let's your, what, what's your gut instinct? You, I don't know. Between a six and a seven. No, well, what would you... What would you? Okay. Seven, seven's probably overreaching it. I'm okay with a six. Okay. Let's give this shit a six. All right. I, I just... Not in good conscience I can give this a seven. I know it's a precursor. I know... It, you my, know. My, my view is, is colored by my nostalgia. I'm totally aware of that. Okay. A six it is. Fine. All right, we're uh, we're on the books. All right. So, so what, even though I cannot wait to get out of the seventies and get into the eighties, we are not leaving nineteen seventy six. We are going to stay here a little while longer. All right. So I just want to let you know I yeah. have forty seven films. Um, why do I only have unplayed? That doesn't make any sense. On my Plex, I have seventy four films from nineteen seventy six. Jesus Christ. I don't know why I was only looking at, at uh, unwatched because that makes no sense. So we we've got. You might even start, ha- I you know what I I can guarantee you actually have this movie already. Oh no, probably. I, I would say that you do. I, d- I actually don't have this. I completely forgot about this film until so, I was doing some research on what to challenge you on. So just to recap, our first 1976 film was a a sci-fi classic, Logan's Run. Yes. Then we jumped to a an obscure slash pre-slasher era slasher film. So uh, we've gone from sci-fi to horror. What's next, sir? It's uh, it's horror again, <laughs> but it's considered sci-fi-ish as well. It's based on an H.G. Wells oh. portion I- of a novel, so it's like there. I guess. Uh, there's there's a little portion of something he wrote that they stole and made a movie out of. Uh huh. And I remember, I remember this film being. Oh, I know the film. Of course, you know the film. I remember when oh, I saw this when I was a kid. I just remember, I remember liking this, and just watching like a like a like a small trailer TV spot type situation. I'm like, how the fuck did I like this? Before- but. We are going to have a hell of a time reviewing this movie, I think. Before you reveal it. Well, since you know it, you should just guess it. No, 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 That's no, always I, fun. I want you to reveal it, but I want to tell you before you reveal it yeah. that I was showing Holly the list of all the films I have from 76, and right. she saw this film, if, I, if, if it's the one that you're thinking of, okay. and she said, you sure as shit have to challenge him to that. <laughs> and so, that is? The Food of the Gods. That is exactly what we're talking about. She's like, there's no way you're not doing Food of the Gods. I was like, oh, no, we're doing Food of the Gods. Oh, that's happening, and it's happening next week. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I got to do some research on that one. Yeah, you do the research, and I'll try and have somebody watch this with me, which uh, I'm very unsuccessful with that. It almost never happens. Well, if you want, you can make me watch it with you this weekend. Uh, week, uh, it's Father's Day this weekend, so... Oh, that's right. Shit. Yeah, oh, happy I'm, I'm, birthday, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm unavailable pretty much the entire weekend. I know we're going oh. out to dinner tomorrow night. Saturday, I think we're watching all the kids. Sunday is Father's Day. That must be nice. What What must be nice? Father's Day. Oh, I, I don't know what they're going to do. Well, actually, that's not true. 
from what I understand, everyone is coming here and Mare said she's going to cook, which usually doesn't happen. And then I end up cooking my house full of people. How is that a happy Father's Day? <laughs> Everybody leave me alone. How about that? Uh, I did get a new uh, server case for the Plex server. That, there you go. So I, I'm, I'm requesting some time alone to do that. Uh, I'm tired of the, of, the, of the case that I have. It's a mid-tower. It's very hard to work in. It's very small. Um, I, need I think some... we're straying. I think we should wrap up the show if we're going to stray into the stat territory. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, as always, thank you for joining us. Another episode of Movie Sucktastic. Go to our website at moviesucktastic.com. Go to our iTunes feed, and you can listen and uh, uh, download the shows there. You can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviesucktastic. You can leave us email. The address is themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. You can also leave us voicemail, 908-514-4470. You're looking at me funny. No, 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 you're good. You're, good. you're looking at me like, you know, when a dog hears a, like a dog whistle or something, like your head's yeah, like yeah. cocked to the side. Did I say yeah, when something? You show a, when you show a Cocker Spaniel a card trick, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> shaggy. Uh, so anyway, um, those are, uh, oh, you also can go and get the app for your Android device. It's at moviesucktastic.com slash mst.apk. Or what I've been telling everyone, just get your own favorite uh, podcast app. Just go to your iTunes store, your play store for your Android app or for your Android device. Just get your favorite podcast uh, uh, app and just do a search for Movie Sucktastic. It just connects right to our iTunes feed. It's yeah, it's right there. So if you can't get our app, you can just get a standard podcast app and you can search for our show and it comes right up. You're an adult. Figure it out. That's fucking a right. I mean, I'm helping you out now a little bit, and that's okay. So, do you have any words of wisdom, Mr. Wilson? Um, you're at a crossroads of your life. Crossroads of your life. Predictable. Yeah. But I love it. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. Another yes. Another no. Another chess move to make. Man.